Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter Uplift Desk, a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work. And that's just the beginning of what Uplift Desk has to offer. With an emphasis on ergonomics and customization, Uplift Desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals. Whether you're coding, designing, or podcasting, like I am right now, the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality. What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer one of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom slash productive convo. 
That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash productive convo. Again, onepassword.com slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepassword.com slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. Hi, I'm Anna Sweet, and I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Marty. Welcome to A Productive Conversation, Mike Vardy with you once again, and this time I'm joined by Anna Sui. She is the creator of the Genius Method. We get into genius because she's a genius coach. She's also an international writer, the author of Shadow Magic, Turn Your Fear into Fuel and Create a Prosperous Coaching Business. She's also a serial entrepreneur and a speaker. This book that we're going to dive into, it shows readers how to overcome their personal self-sabotage and build a thriving career in business. I tell a story about the shadow self infiltrating my world not too long ago, as well as a Star Wars reference or two shows up. Uh, we talk about parenting to a degree. There, There's a lot of great stuff during this conversation. We had what we like to call a badass conversation, but it was a productive one too. Here it is, my conversation with NSW. Enjoy. Anna, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, it I've been we, this conversation's been on the books for a while. I know it's epic. It's definitely going to be epic. <laughs> the book that we want to focus on today, um, you know, I want to focus on other elements of your work as well. But the book Shadow Magic: Turn Your Fear into Fuel and Create a Prosperous Coaching Business. I do some coaching in terms of productivity. You, what, what kind of coaching are you focused on for those that are listening that are not hundred percent aware or just decided to skip the bio and come right to the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really funny that you asked that Mike, because after doing this uh, shadow work, helping people uncover their self-sabotage, something else opened up, which is their inner genius. And so right now I help people focus on truly what their genius is. And what I've discovered, which is fascinating, is everyone has a genius, right? And it's not necessarily IQ-based because all of our genius expresses ourselves in different ways. And some of it is, it's just like a an energy at the center of how we show up in the world. So that's what I'm focusing on doing now is helping people truly be in their genius. Okay, so I'm gonna shift my initial question to people here, people heard of the zone of genius before, yes. obviously, right? So is that the area you kind of explore, but you go a little bit further afield with that or deeper, or what does that look like? Oh yeah. Zone of genius. We've all heard of it. You're absolutely right. But do we know what it is? Do we know what it's like for us to be in our zone of genius? I think some people know it's like when you're in flow and when time stops, but like, what the heck does that mean? And I found that it really is, uh, the best way I can describe it, it's, it's almost like a, a mental, emotional, energetic state that is a very common state that people are in. So for I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a client, one of their zone, their zone of genius is when they're uh, making discoveries and when they're exploring, right. right? And so this is someone who, as a kid, would go off into the dark corners of the forest, right? Places where you and I probably have what? Speaking for myself, I don't know, you're from, you're from Canada. So. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. have forests, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when he's doing that, he's activating a certain specific, set of skills and cues and he is in his zone of genius and when he basically combined that and I, I think you're gonna like this because it's very productive when he combined that with his copywriting business it was like he could find things that other people couldn't find he could find stories he could do right he was like filled up with this energy of his own genius it's you know yesterday 
uh, I was walking back from a meeting with Elizabeth, who's my operations assistant. And we're, um, I try to listen to books, you know, when I'm walking or just listen to nothing and just kind of be in, in the zone or in the, in the space. And I was reading the Tao Te Ching, which, and it was interesting because the idea of effortless action, it yeah. kind of feels like, you know, when you're in your genius, it's, it's that like, there's a, there's a congruency there. And I'd love to hear your thoughts before we dive into the actual piece where the shadow comes in is where some, some people kind of crap on that stuff, right? They crap on the idea of like effortless action, but that means it seems like it's kind of woo woo and, and, you know, and you're being more um, philosophical and not more practical, but there's a lot in there mm-hmm. that yes. people miss. Why do you think people don't tap into either this idea of, I'll use the idea of like effortless action, which leads to like that, that congruency that you can see where you're they're dwelling in their, their genius as much as they can. We know it's not something that you can constantly be in because we're human beings. And, but I mean, when people kind of fear it, maybe that's the way to put it is they fear I think this. You hit it. They yeah, fear hit it. On the so why why don't they lean into it and, and run away from it instead, do you think? Oh, that's so good. So there's a certain part of us that fears it, and that's the ego. But most of us, if we actually are not in that state of ego, we go with the seasons, we go with the flow. And you've definitely had some amazing guests, right? Talk about astrology and the Enneagram and the natural cycles. And that's that's true productivity is when you allow your energy to carry you, your genius to carry you. And what I've discovered, which is really sad, but I think you know your listeners will get this, whatever our genius is, we are the ones that discount it the most. It's because we get criticized for it. So the same person who's an explorer, right? He would get, you know, when he returned home from his exploring, his mom would be like, where were you? Yep. Right. What were you doing? And then later on, his wife was like, you have ADD. You need to focus on something, right? And so like, we get ostracized or we get criticized for sometimes just being in our own uh, sense of self, following our own energy. But what we don't realize is when we can do it in a balanced way, uh, it actually allows us to follow the cycles of our own energy and we work less hard, more efficiently versus fighting against it, right? But yeah, you can fight against the seasons or the sunrise or your fatigue or whatever, but you're just going to end up working four times as hard and nobody wants that, right? Yeah, I think people get confused uh, activity with productivity, right? The idea Ooh, of like, so good. you know, the idea of, and it's happened, I mean, especially when people don't understand. Uh, I could say that, you know, what I've been doing this for 15 years now, easily. <laughs> there are people that you're like, how do you do what you like? Where's the money come from? How do you make a living? What you just talk about this stuff and have, like there would, would, you know, you go for walks for like an hour at a time. And I'm like, what do you do? I'm like, well, first off, number one, I'm either listening to something, reading, and my phone has this incredible app on it called Drafts, where I will actually dictate thoughts and ideas into it that will turn into things. So it's not like I'm, I'm tethering myself to a desk or I'm tethering myself to a to-do list all the time. And I think that's where the, the problem with productivity. And I, I, I did a, I, I tweeted about this um, back in August, I think it was about the idea that productivity is fundamentally broken. This idea that mm-hmm. we confuse productivity, like efficiency and effectiveness. Those are byproducts, right? Like productivity is intention plus attention. Those that mm-hmm. the active linking of that. And mm-hmm. I think that's where genius, that's where your genius comes into play because you're saying, 
What are my intentions? How am I going to pay attention to it? You're cultivating an environment where that kind of thing can thrive, right? Not just survive, but thrive. Does, does that sound like that's kind of like what you want to have is just the, the optimal environment where your genius can thrive and your shadow, which we'll get to, doesn't have as much of a hold over you or doesn't cast as much of a, a shadow over you, so to speak? Yeah. Because Mike, have you found that, you know, the logical mind, you know, when you're doing all the, the writing and the doing the researching, that can get you so far, yeah. right? It's the, it's like this untapped subconscious. That's like the, 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 the richness that everyone wants to get to the create. Then that's why people program their subconscious. So they don't have to do so much of the work. And you know, fundamentally, if our subconscious is working against us, uh, we will know, we will see that as patterns in our life. And can I tell you a quick story? Sure. about? Um, and this is like a female center story, but I think you'll get it. So currently I am about uh, 32 weeks pregnant, right? And I learned something really interesting, which is women who are type A, so like very, you know, a corporate woman, people, women who are like very used to being in control, right? They have, according to my doula, they have one of the most difficult times giving birth. And I'll tell you why, just really quickly. We have this like, you know, like animalistic part of our brain that controls all our hormones and stuff. And once the body's ready to give birth, there's a cycle of oxytocin and serotonin. And it's like a feedback loop that causes the contractions. The moment the woman, the mom, she begins to try to control it and she just doesn't give into uh, her body and what it's doing, she actually bypasses that and she screws up the hormones and she stops the birthing process, which is why then they need medical interventions. Of course, this is generally speaking, right? Mm -hmm. But that's how we do it. Like if we overthink things, we actually stop the natural things that are happening that are allowing us to, the, the systems we've already set up, yeah, right? For us to get to where we want to go. Isn't that fascinating? It is. It, well, and I think people, again, going back to what I was listening to yesterday, this idea of control, um, and time management, uh, uh, you know, I know the terms in the lexicon. I've said this before. I don't like the term. I've not liked it for a long time because time moves on whether you want it to or not. You can't manage something that essentially has a flow or mind of its own. Like it will not be managed. You can have a good relationship with it. And that's what you want. You want to nurture that. But to manage it, it implies or infers that you actually have some sense of control over it. That's we all know that that's not how that works. So when, when I hear a story like that, and by the way, congratulations, um, it, it, it very, I mean, I know that I try to, I have tried to control things in the past that will not be controlled and it screws things up because I've tried to control them. Being a parent is exactly one of those things, especially mm. because not my two kids are not at all the same. My daughter is very different from my son. One you know, kind of, um, interaction with one would go very differently than it would with the other. Right. And, and I think that when you, when you try to apply the same kind of, um, approach to the, to, to things that, that, that have an agency of their own or have a, it, it can backfire. So sometimes it's just good to let things go the way that they kind of seem that they're going to go. But not only that, recognize that the things that you might be fighting against may actually be trying to send you a signal. They may be Ooh. trying to signify something. Procrastination is an example of that. And you bring up in the book the idea of the shadow being an example. You, you talk about the shadow as a saboteur, right? But mm -hmm. Which is interesting because as you go in the book, um, it, there's something to that that's not so sinister, 
Can you yes. touch on that? Because I think most people think when they think of like shadow, it's bad and it's this, it's that. And again, good there without, without evil, there's no good without good. There's no evil. Like they, each side kind of tells the story to the other one or sends a signal that have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating. Well, that's where Prolon comes in, transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. Developed through decades of research at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute, Prolon is not just another diet, it's a scientifically backed program designed to support your body's natural processes. Now keep in mind, this isn't about cutting out food, it's about providing your body with the right nutrients to enter a fasting state while still eating. The program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all carefully designed to support healthy blood sugar levels, cardiovascular health, and even reduce abdominal fat. And the convenience? That's unmatched. Everything you need comes in one box delivered right to your doorstep. Thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon for its health benefits, backed by Nobel Prize winning science. So if you're looking for a way to kickstart your health journey with all the benefits of fasting and none of the hunger, Prolon is the answer. And right now, Prolon is offering a Productive Conversation listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash timecrafting for this special offer. Again, that's prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. Check it out today. Ever found yourself deep in a project, your flow state so intense that the world around you just fades away? That's the magic zone where ideas take flight and your work truly comes to life. But what if, in a blink, it could all disappear? Hard drives fail, coffee spills, and yes, even the dreaded accidental delete happens. But fear not, because Crash Plan has your back. Don't wait for disaster to strike. Head over to crashplan.com slash timecrafting now for a free trial and secure your creations with their limited time buy one, get one offers. Supporting our sponsors means supporting this podcast. So take a moment to check them out. CrashPlan is the superhero of cloud-based data protection, specifically designed for people like us who live and breathe their digital creations. CrashPlan ensures that every file, every idea, and every piece of hard work is safely backed up and protected. With CrashPlan Professional, you get unlimited backup for your computers, not servers or cloud apps, just pure essential data protection for PC, Mac, and Linux. This means your business plans, designs, music, and documents are continuously encrypted and updated in their secure cloud without you lifting a finger. Imagine this, your laptop takes a dive during a late night work session. With CrashPlan, it's not a disaster, it's just a minor hiccup. Their service runs quietly in the background, safeguarding every change you make every 15 minutes. And if the worst happens, your files are just a few clicks away from being restored with unlimited version retention acting as your personal time machine. For businesses, CrashPlan's multi-tenant capabilities are a game changer. Buy as many licenses as you need, manage them with ease, and let your team or your IT admin restore data seamlessly, saving precious time and resources. So go to crashplan.com slash timecrafting now to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited 
buy one, get one offers for a productive conversation listeners. That's crashplan.com slash timecrafting. Back up better with CrashPlan. Ever caught yourself marveling at the seamless magic of everyday tech, like how noise-canceling headphones block out the world or the sheer bliss of meeting-free Fridays? Now imagine if there was a way to bring that kind of magic into selling online. Well, guess what? There is, and it's called Shopify. From the moment you decide to launch your online shop to opening your first physical store, and even when you're pinching yourself because, yes, you just hit a million orders, Shopify is there to guide your growth. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or the latest productivity tools, Shopify supports you everywhere with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. The checkout, oh, it's a breeze for your customers, converting up to 36% better than other platforms. And with Shopify Magic, your AI-powered assistant, you're selling more with way less effort. And you won't be alone in your Shopify journey because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., supporting giants like Allbirds and Brooklyn and millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Their award-winning support is always there, making sure businesses that grow, Grow with Shopify, and yours can be one of those businesses. And for those looking to level up, Shopify's endless integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to chatbots ensure your business is always ahead of the curve. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash timecrafting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash timecrafting. You can decide what to do with, right? Mm. Oh, absolutely. And the the thing that I can't stand that we do a lot of is we do demonize the shadow. We do demonize, you know, our our traumas or our money blocks and we have to fight it or overcome it or kill our fear. And it's a very it's an attitude that doesn't work because in essence, it's part of yourself that you're trying to kill and defeat, right? right? And so I do see that a lot with people and probably you see it too. Like we have this kind of weird competitive uh, relationship with ourselves and that is not necessarily the most uh, productive or nurturing, right? Because right. You, uh, you know, you really want to be aligned with your shadow and your ego and you want to know what's lurking underneath the surface because, and that's, I think one of the key things that um, people who've told me who've read the book throughout, they've said that the most shocking thing is they realize that their shadow is actually the one running the business, even though they're really smart, even though they might've gotten MBAs, even though they've been in business, you know, like you for over a decade and stuff, they're like, yeah, but actually I don't show up uh, in my marketing the way that I want to. Oh, because I'm afraid that I'm going to be judged or I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing mm-hmm. or, or I actually don't do sales calls or I don't ask for, you know, the amount of money that I know that I can quote or whatever. And they realize, oh, that's actually a, a shadow unconscious uh, limiting belief. And it's not that it's a bad thing that shadow's probably been helping you, um, you know, stay a certain size or stay in your safe zone, right? But the the part where people really notice it is when they try to break free, because that's actually usually when the shadow shows up the most. And that's when we call it self-sabotage is people get sick, their lives go crazy and they can't do their launch. And it seems like these kind of natural things. But when you look at it throughout the the months and the years, it's a pattern. Yep. Right. You know, it's funny. Um, when I was going through the book, uh, especially the idea of like, you know, the idea of clients, high paying clients, things like that. I, with my one-on-one coaching and that I do have high paying clients, but most of my clients are middle-class knowledge workers that I know need help with time, ma- time management and personal productivity that don't 
get catered to, right? They, you mm. know, most of it. And for years, so this is where I think the shadow played differently. It, it didn't play differently for me, but it, but when I was reading going, oh, that's what that was, is I finally, like I, I released a product not too long ago and you talked about procrastination and illness and things showing up in the book too, how they can play a role. I released a mini course called the procrastination course. I'd be remiss if I didn't link it in the show notes. But when I released it, it was like, it was $6 pre-launch, $15 upon, on launch day, $24 on, on from this point there forward. That's, that's the pricing as it stands right now. And it was funny because it's a mini course. So I know, I mean, I've been in the, I've been around long enough to know what, what a mini course looks like for me. And I got at least a handful of emails saying, Oh, you're not charging enough for this. You're not charging enough for this. Now, that's not the first time I've heard that about anything in my business. And I finally wrote a long essay about it. Like it was like why I, I think it's on medium. It's called why I charge for my stuff. What I charge for my stuff. It was like, just, and it was, as I wrote it, I could feel both release and resistance. If that, you know what I mean? So the resistance wasn't, you shouldn't be writing this because you're never going to attract high price clients. No, the resistance, that, that's, that's what the shadow was trying. Like, I think that's what the shadow was saying. Don't do this because once you say this, that's it. It's over. Like you basically, and the release was, I'm so tired of answering that darn question. I'm so tired of people saying it. I just want, like, if someone says you're not charging enough, I can just <laughs> read why link. Like I could do that. <laughs> and it awesome. was very weird because part of me, when I wrote that, was thinking again, part of that resistance, part of that, that was first was, um, once you do this, you're, you're done. You can't do it. You can't call. Then the other was, that means you, you I mean now you're saying you're not worth enough. Like, so it was trying different things to get me right. to stop. Yeah. So what I find fascinating about the shadow and we kind of went through this is you wrote this actually in um, the executive self versus the shadow self part. You know, the act of using our shadow to access our light actually brings us closer to our true essence, our connection with spirit and God. And if you're a religious person, I'm not religious per se, but I felt most like my truth. Once I hit send, it was like, boom. And the shadow was kind of like, it, it was almost like I didn't know if it was going, okay, good. See, good. We made it work for you. Like, and that's what it will <laughs> probably do because like, well, we can't go away. So we're going to, that works. Reverse psychology works. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's another way it shows up, right? Not just in the, like, it's going to keep you from doing it, but it keeps ramping up its ammunition every single time, doesn't yeah. it? Ooh, I think you just illustrated it so perfectly. I could feel the kind of tug of war. And that's when you know when you're in shadow territory, right? When you're in ego territory, is that all or nothing, it's that resistance. It feels like you're kind of fighting something. It feels like an uphill battle. And, you know, for, uh, you know, for, for whatever it's worth, uh, I think you did an awesome job just really like talking yourself through it. Right. And really listening because the shadow usually it's uh, it's very logical. It gives you a bunch of thoughts and mm. a bunch of fears and a bunch of reasons. And then you almost have to like kind of talk to yourself. But intuition. Right. You just kind of know, no, I'm going to write this article. I'm going to hit send. It's much quieter. It's much more subdued. It's much softer, but it's more uh, vast. And so I love that example that you give, because if everyone can just listen to what you just said, your story, they can tell within themselves, oh, this is what I'm in shadow and conscious territory. Oh, and this is my intuition, 
right? Because we we can easily ignore intuition because it's so much more subtle. Our shadow's really loud. Well, speaking of subtlety, when I was done, I'm like, this is a sales page. This turned into a sales page somehow. This turned into nice. an advertisement for my business somehow by writing this. And I wouldn't be surprised when you do this, it's not just going to be like you putting your line in the sand, Mike. It's going to be like you're telling people that this is, if they want to buy something from you, you've now given them the perfect reason to. So there you go. And I'm like, as soon as I, I'm like, wow. Well, I'll put a thing at the bottom that like, if you want to buy something, go ahead. And it was like, it was just perfectly in line and it worked. Uh, but it, but the whole intent wasn't to quote, sell things. The, the, the intent was to remove that portion of doubt of not f- fear. Well, fear shows up in a whole bunch of different ways, but it, it was, it was to, to, to kind of get past that point. And what's interesting is, for me, that was an exercise in just doing it. But you have a lot of exercises in the book, too, that kind of help people through this as well, through the, the I mean, whether it's the, you know, the business assessment, the don't wait exercise, there's several of them. Why did you feel it was important to put exercises through the process of, of, of going through the book? Um, we battle our shadows all the time, every day, with every moment. And a lot of us don't realize it. And... Um, and I believe this is in the free download too. Uh, you know, if you just go through the different aspects of your life or in your business, you know, like marketing, sales, financial, all that stuff. And if you just kind of uh, follow through with some of the questions, like how confident, it's really simple. It's like, how confident do you feel when you are marketing your business? Or how confident do you feel stating your needs in your relationship or something like that, right? Anything that's kind of low on the scale, like under an eight or a seven, your shadow's probably taking over the show. And I know for a lot of us, if we take that test, we're going to be like, wow, my shadow's running my entire life. And that's okay. That's most people. Mm -hmm. But just noticing, right? And then just being aware of how your shadow shows up every day. Just simple things. Like you want, you know, if I wanted my husband to um, walk the dog while I took a nap for 15 minutes. Like, I don't even know if I can physically ask for that, right? right? Because it feels so greedy or I feel so guilty. Guess what? That's my shadow saying, well, you can't take time for yourself. And that always has repercussions in my business too. And so our lives and our businesses, everything, our health, it's all connected. And I just want everyone to know that it's really normal for your shadow to be running the show and it doesn't need to be. You know, you can be like Mike and have a conversation and push through. And now you're aware of that part of you and it becomes your ally. It becomes something that actually, the more that we listen to our intuition and our true self and what it really wants, that energy gets bigger than shadow energy. And our shadow at the end of the day, it just wants to keep us safe. It's like this little inner child that's like, no, don't do it. It's scary. But when it feels like there's an actual adult in charge, which, you know, you look around and you see adults, but how many people actually behave like adults, (laughs) right? Yeah. When it, feel, when it finds that there's an actual adult in charge, it's like, okay, I respect you. Mm-hmm. All right, you can run the ship now. Right? You can steer. I can just kind of go off and do my own thing. It's and al- that's, yeah. Yeah, it's almost as if the shadow, because when I look at like the, kind of like the polarities of, of not, re, basically there's logic and there's emotion. Those are on opposite sides. And then reason's right down the center. And people are like, well, I want to be balanced. I'm like, well, balance is such a, it's never permanent because you're always kind of like, that's why it's balanced, right? It's, it's, but if it's funny to me, it almost feels like, and and, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this is the shadow tries logic when logic doesn't work. It really pulls at emotions. So it tries to go, it goes either like, well, this is what we do and this is why we do it. And then if intuition 
and 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 the the executive self starts to find ways to pull us more towards reason, then the shadow jumps over reason, goes right to emotion. Yeah, but you're not good enough. Yeah, but you're not yeah. like it goes to like the it taps into the the most human part of ourselves was his emotion because logic is very like again that's why we I'm going to do this thing because it's it's you know the 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 um the the bandwidth level is low or the barrier to actually hurting me is lower if I follow the logical path whereas the other side is oh man you're like getting me to my core right like you're really hurting me right um and so. I'm imagining that the executive self, the intuition, all that like is trying to pull you back to this as close to reason as you can be so that you can actually power, like, you know, kind of recognize what you really should be doing in those moments. Does that sound about right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And reason's always there. The choice that you know, that's good for you. The thing that, you know, you kind of know, like, this is the thing that, you know, I like, should be doing, right. It's always there. It's kind of like the shadows, what pulls you away. Right. right. And then it can get really, str- so I wonder, are kids like that when they want to guilt you into like giving them something or letting them do something? Do they just like get to your emotion? I, I think, and I then think you're like, they oh. start. Yeah. I think they start. It's funny. Cause my, like, I would say that my kids start with emo- emotion cause it's the most like it's, it's innate, right? Like emotion, like crying or temper, t- like those are emotions. But I can tell you, as they get older, they start to go towards logic, right? That they'll go the other way to get they want. They'll go like, well, wait a minute, but this is what you did before. So why are we not doing this now? And it's like, well, and then you tell them and like, well, that doesn't seem right. Like, so, so they learn. Um, and the idea is ultimately, hopefully they have a balance of both of those things. They don't go too far one way, too far the other all the time. Um, but yeah, I would say <laughs> I know in my experience, it's very much early on. It's all emotion, emotion, and and that drains your emotions. And then eventually, they tap into logic, which is interesting because if they go too far, there, that can actually pull on your emotions because you're like, I really don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> like you're making too much sense, but really, this is a completely different scenario. So yeah, it's uh, which is probably why parenting, like when people say, you know, um, does it get any easier? Does it? I'm like, no, just different. Just different. I mean, I've got an 18 year old and a 12 year old and, you know, the 12 year old's heading towards teenage dumb and my, you know, my 18 year old's close to heading out the door, I would imagine. And, and I know the journey when my son goes through those teenage years is going to be very different than the journey that my daughter went through. And, and you just, it's so, it won't be any easier. It'll just be different. And if you go in, I think that's the thing. If you go in with that mentality, I think with any situation, like mm-hmm. if you go in with an open mind, it means you have more tools to help you cope mm-hmm. um, yes. as opposed to control because you can't control it. Um, I mean, I can tell you that if we tried to control my daughter to the level that my parents tried to control me, wouldn't have gone so well, right? So, I mean, we've been very, I think there has to be some boundaries, obviously, and there has to be, but um I think every situation, if you go in with an open mind and, and, and plenty of tools at your disposal, um, you're in much better situation than if you go in with a very f- kind of like, this is how it is. Cause all of a sudden a bunch of your tools won't work and a bunch mm. of your preconceived notions will, and they'll probably work against you. Right. Oh yeah. And there is a, a tool, um, that I think is really helpful and it's just kind of, 
I know it's an energetic tool. It might even be uh, a psychological one. I don't know, but it's like this assumption that everything's going to work out. Mm -hmm. So you kind of go into the unknown, right? You go into unknown conversation or you uh, take on a project. It's unknown. But I think what's really important, and some people might say have the end in mind, right? But I see like even more general than that, just know that it's absolutely going to work out for you. And whenever you can truly believe that things happen in the middle that will naturally figure itself out. But having that trust in yourself, I think that's the thing that if your shadow is not allowing you to have that trust in yourself, I would say that's the most important thing for anybody doing anything is trusting that it's going to work out for you. And I know it sounds really corny and really simple, but try it and you'll be surprised how often we actually catastrophize the opposite, which is I'm going to do this. I don't know if it's going to work out. It probably won't work out, but I'm just going to make myself suffer through it anyway. Mm -hmm. And then it's a crapshoot. But really having that, holding that energy of this is definitely going to work out. It might look differently than what I want, right? Or what I picture, but no matter what, it's going to work out for me. It's very similar to when you uh, give that example about uh, your response to your launch, to your uh, mm-hmm. program. It's, it, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, and this is going to lead in nicely to what I'm going to show you here. But uh, people talk about, like, there's this line in Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith, where, um Anakin's turned, spoiler alert, Anakin Skywalker's Darth Vader, for those of you that do not know. So I'm sorry if I spoiled it for you. But if you didn't know, you probably probably won't know. Yeah, you wouldn't know who that is anyway. (laughs) But anyway, there's a line where he says something very absolute, and Obi-Wan Kenobi says, only a Sith deals in absolutes. And I challenge that because the Jedi deals in absolutes too. Like there's Jedis that... If you pay attention, they deal. So there's one Jedi that I particularly like named Qui-Gon Jinn who just followed the will of the force. Yeah. He just followed the will of the force. And so he was, people call him, oh, he was a gray Jedi. Like he was misunderstood by both. The Sith feared him and the Jedi council were like, ooh, this guy's a wild card. But if anything, he was the one force user. Unfortunately, he did not make it through the first film that the, the Sith were really super afraid of because he just listened to the force and the Jedi were like, well, we can't control this guy. And the reason I bring, I think this is apt is there's a part in part three of the book. You talk about becoming whole and you talk about Kintsugi. And I actually have a oh, Kintsugi cool. kit that my son and I bought um, at a local bookstore uh, over the holidays. We haven't used it yet, but the reason that Kintsugi comes up in the Star Wars universe is because Kylo Ren's helmet was put together in the, in the um, I think it's in the third film, using Kintsugi. Like, it's red. You can see that, right? So wow. this idea of, I think a lot of people feel that, speaking of absolutes, that I either want to be absolutely my executive self and push the shadow out of the equation altogether, or there's no way that I can win this war against the shadow self. So what's the point? So again, this idea of absolutism. So this leads to depression and anxiety, right? So what, in order to become whole, you talk about the healing and integration process. Like, can you touch on this? Because I think people really want this idea of accomplishment, achievement. I beat like, I beat procrastination. No, you didn't. Procrastination is, (laughs) you just have to learn how to, you know, handle it because it's going to you're there are certain things that you will never beat and i believe the shadow self falls the shadow falls into that and i'd love to hear your thoughts on that and this idea of how you can integrate and heal so that way while you know it's still going to be there when it shows up you know what to do or you at least know how to mitigate some of the you know harm or hindrance that it can cause 
Yeah, that's a beautiful question because uh, as someone who's uh, really suffered with anxiety and depression and, and various mental health issues for a long time, I realized that it was this that absolute kind of like, I'm feeling good, being healthy is this way, right? And I can't have all these crazy thoughts. And sometimes I'm thinking like, do I still want to exist and whatever? But that's that's the beauty of uh, being friends with their shadow and kind of going, getting comfortable in the layer of dragons, kind of taking it to Game of Thrones kind of yep. angle. It's like you, uh, we kind of demonize um, the parts of us that are kind of scary or that we don't like or we don't want other people to see. And I'm just saying in the quiet of your own consciousness, in the quiet of your own home, find some uh, some love for those parts of you. And it's it might be really scary at first, actually, but the more you kind of lean into it, the more you realize, oh, these parts of me are really powerful. These uh, dark parts of me aren't actually that dark. They might be kind of grotesque feeling to me because I've been shamed my whole life for being this way or being too emotional or, you know, being lazy when really you're not lazy. You just compute things in a different way. You express things in a different way, right? When you can really learn to love even just one part of you that's a little bit uh, that you don't want to show other people, that part of you actually unleashes a lot of uh, captive energy that gives you a whole different life force. That is Kintsuki, which is basically, you know, gold joinery, right? You have like this beautiful porcelain cup that you break sometimes on purpose just so you can join it again with like beautiful uh, gold filling and then it becomes a work of art. And that's really who we are. And we need to be okay with that first with uh, all of our imperfections and stretch marks and our scars. Uh, as I get older, I'm just collecting more scars <laughs> from living life, like actual physical scars. And I was like, oh, this is my favorite arm. Now I have road rash on it. You know, it's just yep. like, but it's their memories and they're wonderful. And the more that we can be flexible and dancing with the universe and be flexible and loving to ourselves, that's how I naturally, like one day the depression, it really just went away. Mm. And the anxiety, and I don't worry anymore. And it's not because I took drugs or did anything drastic. Not, I mean, you know, if you need to do that, do that, right? But it was really just like this, like really conscious and slow and methodical self-loving process that now I'm so much more powerful. When I go into a room, I know who's done shadow work. I know who accepts parts of themselves. I know who I can just say something to and trigger them and they can go into a frenzy, right? I know this because I've been to those like deep, dark parts of myself. And you might need someone to hold your hand please get someone to hold your hand if you're like, this is too much for me, right? I definitely had so much help with that, with all of my mentors and therapists and all of that stuff. But it's so fulfilling because you're such a badass when you can walk through your shadow and you're like, oh, here's my fear coming up. I just made a big investment in something, but you know what? I know it's going to work out. And you feel like such a badass. Can I say that on your show? You can absolutely say badass. And this has been a badass conversation, and I appreciate it. Uh, the book's called Shadow Magic. Turn your fear into fuel and create a prosperous coaching business. Where can people keep up with you? Pick up the book and, and keep up with you and the work you're doing. Uh, AnnaSmee.com. Awesome. Anna, thanks so much for having a productive and, like I said, badass conversation with me today. Yeah. Rock on. <laughs> Big thanks to Anna for joining me on the program this week. If you want to get all the information, check out all the links, including the link to, you know, the procrastination course, which I touch on, the link to the pricing article that I talk about, the link to her book, uh, so many other things. Uh, just go to productivityist.com slash podcast 449. 
to make that happen. The other thing you're going to want to make happen is to check out our sponsors. It's one of the ways to support the show. Just go to productivities.com slash podcast sponsors to do that. And before you close your podcasting app that you are using to listen to this right now, hit the subscribe button. That way you don't miss a single episode of what's to come and can easily find the 440 plus episodes that are in the archives featuring guests like David Allen, Gretchen Rubin, Laura Vanderkam, Chris Bailey, Cal Newport. The list goes on and on and on. And the list will continue to go on and on because we've got a whole plethora of episodes to come. And that's it for this episode of A Productive Conversation. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Mike Vardy, and I'm reminding you right here and now to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.